0: Welcome to today's Vet Girl podcast. Today, we're going to be interviewing Dr. Andrew Hillier, who's a medical lead for dermatology at Sowetis. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Hey, Justine. Nice to be here.
0: Thank you. So just so our audience knows who you are, do you mind just telling us a little bit about your background?
1: Sure. Well, there's an accent everybody can recognize pretty quickly. It's a South African accent. So I was born and raised in South Africa and I got my vet degree there and Over the years, I I spent eight years in general practice, uh, South Africa and Australia. Then I specialized as a dermatologist here in the U.S. I was um, 17 years at Ohio State on faculty there. And for the last five years, I've worked for Zoetis. And as you pointed out, I'm now the medical lead for our dermatology portfolio for Zoetis.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much. Now, today, what I wanted to talk about is something near and dear to me because my own dog was diagnosed with this, but I wanted to talk to you about atopic dermatitis. Now, how common is it diagnosed in our general population of itchy dogs, and are we over-diagnosing it or under-diagnosing it, in your opinion, as a dermatologist?
1: Yeah, Justine, that's a great question. You know, we don't know exactly how common it is, but it's estimated that something around 10% Of the entire dog population gets atopic dermatitis and i'm going to tell you i actually think it's higher than that because you know think about the fact now what are the most popular breeds these days it's things like boston terriers and french bulldogs and english bulldogs and of course labrador retrievers and golden retrievers are still mighty popular and all of those breeds are highly predisposed to developing atopic dermatitis so i think it's actually more than 10 percent of dogs And veterinarians need to be aware of that because owners are also recognizing that the dog that kind of starts licking at its feet or rubbing its chin on the ground, on the carpet or on the furniture, you know, those aren't just annoying habits or cute things to do. They're recognizing that as a medical problem. So I think we've seen these dogs a little earlier and we kind of are recognizing these allergies and especially atopic dermatitis a little earlier. So. I honestly think it's more than 10%. But having said that, you know, of course, if you live in the south of this country or or in California, you, you might see more flea allergy dermatitis than atopic dermatitis. But for those in the, in the north or those maybe in the mountainous states like Colorado or Utah, probably the most common cause for itch that you see is atopic dermatitis. So you better embrace it. You better be aware of it. There's probably two or three on your books every single day. And if you don't enjoy it, then that could be really tough and miserable. So I think everybody recognizes that itch and and allergies are really common in dogs these days.
0: All right, so you mentioned a few. So things like flea allergies or even food allergies. What are a few other differentials that veterinarians should be aware of when it comes to the itchy dog?
1: Yeah, you know, um, it can be really overwhelming. There's like a mile long list of possible causes of itch. The good news is though, for me, it comes down to just a small handful of things. And think of it at a very high level and very simply. It could be parasites, and essentially we're only talking about two parasites here, and that would be scabies and fleas. It could be infection, and that's staph skin infections and yeast infections, or it could be allergies, and basically that's food allergy and atopic dermatitis. So what's that? Six things. If you're pretty good at recognizing those six things and managing those six, I'm going to tell you, you're going to be doing a fantastic job in probably 90% of your itchy dogs. So, you know, yeah, there's some other weird and wonderful and wacky diseases, but don't lose track of the six most common things. Focus on those and you'll really do a great job in in the vast majority of your patients and and for those pet owners.
0: Now, I know a lot of pet owners get really frustrated by itching and they're oftentimes going to try at-home remedies. So they're going to go to the local pet store and pick up different types of products, whether or not they're shampoos or ear medication or even antihistamines. So they're often going to Dr. Google or that local pet store. What do you think we as veterinary professionals can do to better communicate with pet owners when it comes to dogs with atopic dermatitis?
1: Well, that is... First of all, a terrific observation, and you're absolutely right, that people do try at-home remedies first. We have some information that's awareness, in fact, um, Justine, that shows us that 88% of people have tried one or more over-the-counter remedies before they ever come to the veterinarian for the first time with their dog with itch, okay? So nine out of 10 people, you know, and to me, that's a really important figure to consider because Uh, The way I look at that is to think of myself then as I'm a second opinion already. They've already got a first opinion from Dr. Google, the neighbor, the groomer, whoever it was, and they've tried one or several things, and clearly those have all failed. They wouldn't be with me if they had not. So these are people who are frustrated already. They're disappointed. um, They feel a little guilty. This has continued. And so even though it's the very first time that we've seen that dog, we're already a second opinion and we've got to see that as a terrific opportunity. And sometimes those dogs have, you know, somewhat mild disease. It may only be a four or five out of ten. And it's kind of easy to blow that off, right? And say, gee, you know, you should have seen the dog I saw an hour ago. It's a 10 out of 10, and it's been going on for years. This is nothing. Don't blow it off. That person who's there for the first time has already had bad experiences. They're looking for a solution. And if we don't provide it, And we just dish out some more shampoos or you mentioned also antihistamines. I have a pet peeve about antihistamines. But if if we give them something that doesn't work or is likely not to have any benefit, then we really just put ourselves in that same bucket as Dr. Google, the neighbor, the pet store clerk or whoever. And we are a heck of a lot better than that. And we have medications now that can provide fast, rapid, effective itch relief and do it safely. So I really want people to see those first opportunities as as a time to to impress someone and say, I understand what's going on here, and I know you're affected, and I know it's been disappointing because you've obviously tried. You obviously care. You've done all these things. Here, I've got something that's really going to be effective. I want your dog to be comfortable. I want you to have peace of mind, okay? And so we have those options. Things like Apical Now, which provides that rapid and effective itch relief without any of the side effects that, you know, we see with some other medications that in the past have been the mainstays of, of treatment for, for allergic itch, things like steroids and that. So there's a huge advantage to that. It's a big win and a, and a very positive experience for the owner. And that, to me, translates into trust. It translates into confidence. And I like that because that means that owner is probably going to be more compliant with what I ask them to do. They're probably going to come back a little more quickly when I ask them to for a recheck. They're probably going to listen a little better to the offer for a diagnostic worker because I met their needs and I met their dog's needs at that first visit. So I think all of those things are really important.
0: All right. So it sounds like what you're saying is when that pet owner comes in and complains about itch, we shouldn't say, oh, just try diphenhydramine at this dose because the likelihood it's going to be effective is pretty low. And otherwise, they're not going to trust us if we don't address that issue right away. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely correct. Hey, thank you for coming back to that about antihistamines. And I did mention it's a pet peeve. And I've looked at all the literature. And essentially what you can expect from any antihistamine is maybe 20% of dogs derive some benefit. And don't think that if you use one of these newer second generation antihistamines like cetirizine or Zyrtec, that that makes any difference. There was just recently a publication back about a, two years ago, 2016. And it was a really nice study. and basically showed that those antihistamines, Zyrtec and Satyrazine were absolutely no better than placebo. No dogs derived significant benefit. And essentially we fail in the dog and we fail in the owner. So I personally take a stance that I, I challenge people. Can you stop dispensing antihistamines for acute flares of allergic itch? Can you stop your front office desk staff and the reception people from suggesting that it might be used? Can you stop giving the handout that shows the list of four or five different antihistamines and their doses that they can go and buy over the counter at CVS or the local Walgreens? We need to stop that. We've got better things that we can do and and we should practice 21st century veterinary medicine and not be relying on, on drugs that were never designed to be used for dogs with allergic dermatitis. Yep, I, I totally agree with you.
0: What are some other mistakes you see veterinarians making when it comes to the treatment of atopy?
1: You know, Justine, I think a mistake that as I made as a dermatologist and as, as an educator was to say, you know, atopic dermatitis is a complex disease, right? There's high levels of IgE, there's secondary infections, we have barrier dysfunction, we have an immune system that's skewed towards excessive reactions to these allergens, there's a whole bunch going on there, real complex disease. And so I used to interpret that and we translate that to if we want to control it, then we probably need multimodal therapy. And most dermatologists, myself included until recently, would talk about that. Your dog has atopic dermatitis, unfortunately, and it's a forever disease. And we're going to need to institute multimodal therapy to control your dog's disease. And what the owner might, they're not going to say this, but what they think is, what does that mean? What multimodal translates to is, means you're going to be doing two, three, four, maybe five things, and not just for the next week or the next month, but it's forever. And so no wonder they kind of fall off the wagon, and it's just not sustainable, right? And we go from one atopic periodic crisis to another, and we see them constantly every few months, going from a itch crisis to an ear infection to a skin infection. And it's no fun for the dog, no fun for the owner, no fun for us as veterinarians. And I actually don't think that we need to do that. I don't want to get away from the fact that it has a very interesting mechanism. There's a lot going on. But I'm going to tell you that if you look at the data, I would rather that people focus on looking for an anchor treatment rather than multimodal therapy. And what do I mean by an anchor treatment? I think that for the average, everyday run-of-the-mill atopic case that is seen by general practitioners, the majority of them, you can find a single treatment that provides satisfactory control by itself and that is sustainable for that dog and that owner. And we don't need to lead with multimodal. Sure, there's a percentage of cases that need multimodal. And I think many of the patients seen by dermatologists do, but those are the, the complex cases and um, train wreck, end-stage kind of cases. The average patient, single treatment. And I'm going to tell you that most owners will find that much more attractive and are far, far more likely to be compliant and continue the treatment, which is what needs to happen if we just ask them to do one thing. So what I say to their owners and what I suggest that general practitioners say is, your dog has atopic dermatitis. I'm going to look for a single treatment that provides satisfactory control. Let me tell you about some options that we have. They're daily tablets, things like Apoquil or cyclosporine, a capsule that are administered daily and can be used long-term. There's also an injection. It's called Cytopoint. It's administered in the veterinary clinic here, and it provides relief for four to eight weeks. How do you feel about that? And you see, Justine, what I did was, or what I try and do is just keep it real high level, let them know that there are a couple of options, daily tablets, an injection that lasts four to eight weeks, big differences there. And then an open-ended question, how do you feel about that? And really what I want them to do is to say to me, you know, things like, hey, we've used that apical. It worked terrifically. I don't have a problem popping a tablet in my dog's food. Let's continue that. And that might be the case. Alternatively, they might actually come back and say, hey, we've used that apical. It was really great. But you know, I've got to be honest with you, doctor. Um, When it gets to the second or third or fourth week, I feel terrible, but I'm just not as compliant. You know, life's busy and doing all sorts of things. And so, I miss a day or two, and then I see my dog getting itchy, and I feel bad for my dog, and I feel guilty. And now that you mention that there's an injection, I really like that idea. Tell me a little more about it. See, I, we've kind of given them the options there. And, and, and in fact, that's what pet owners today want. They don't want to just be told what to do. That was the old days. We were kind of a little paternalistic. Your dog has this disease, and you will do this. I, the pet owner today doesn't want that. They want to they want a partner They want to be a little educated. They want to be given the options at a very high level, but they want to hear those things. And and so that's a way of of kind of involving them and embracing them and making them part of the decision-making process. So that's kind of how I go about it. And from the old mistakes of you've got to do multimodal to let's look for a single treatment that might be satisfactory for your dog. I think there's a huge difference there, and I, I think people embrace that much more.
0: I also think as veterinarians, one thing we oftentimes lack in, and I can speak for myself on this, is empathy. We forget how, quote, annoying it is to have a dog itch. And I used to always wonder when people were coming into the emergency room at 2 a.m. and spending $600 for an e-collar, some antibiotics, a few days of prednisone because of a hot spot. And I think I got my karma back when my own dog that I adopted was severely paritic the first few years of his life, the first two years and would wake me up from scratching. Yeah. So I think if we uh, put ourselves into the hands or the opinion of the pet owner, we become more empathetic about how difficult this chronic disease can be to treat. So we definitely want to stop that itch now.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, it, and it's really only since we've had things like Apical and point in our hands that we've really understood that. I'm not mentioning steroids. I I have mentioned that, but there's a difference. Steroids obviously are effective at reducing itch. There's no debate about that. They do it fairly rapidly and they do it quite effectively. But you replace one problem with steroids, that is itch, because you control the itch, and you replace it with a bunch of other things. And when you said being empathetic towards how the owner feels, it's, it's everything about how they feel about their pet and what they have to do to try and manage their pet's chronic itch. So if we replace one problem, itch with multiple others, having to get up in the middle of the night to let the dog out and go and pee, having to clean up maybe urine them when they come home or clean up for the, the trash that's been strewn over because the dog's got polyphagia and managing all the, the burden of care that goes with the side effects of steroids, you know, we haven't actually considered what is what is the experience when we dispense a product to try and reduce itch the experience with apical is my dog has a reduction of itch and there's really minimal side effects vomiting and diarrhea in something like two to five percent of cases compared to steroids we reduce the itch but we have all those other things and so we've understood actually as as we've had the ability for people to get the apical experience the number of people will call within 24 to 48 hours and say oh my gosh not only am i so happy my dog doesn't have itch and what a relief for me but also i don't have to worry about what the steroids are doing to my dog you know which used to make me feel terrible for my dog so it's those sorts of things that have come to exactly the point you made is is you know managing disease is not just about what is the disease process and and what are the clinical signs i'm treating but it's also considering how the owner feels about it and what their experience is with the treatment um, that we prescribe. It's such an important component.
0: All right, so the million-dollar question. Say we have a dog that comes in and it's itchy. What is a step-by-step recommendation from a dermatologist in terms of our approach? Do we start with flea and tick medication first? Do we start with antibiotics? Do we do pulse therapy steroids? What should our diagnostic workup be And when do we start reaching for drugs such as Apoquil or Cytopoint?
1: Okay, and it's an excellent question. And you actually framed it in exactly the way that I think veterinarians think, that they're going to see an itchy patient and their mind will be going through, do I need free control? How am I going to provide some relief? Is there an infection in this dog? And they're going through a whole bunch of things. To me, there are two priorities, okay? The very first one, and I kind of mentioned this earlier and implied it, The first one is to look the owner in the eye and say to them, I understand what's happening and I know why you're here. And the last few days, the last week, the last month, whatever the story is, you've really been disturbed by your dog's itch. So looking them in the eye and saying, my priority is to make your dog comfortable as fast as I possibly can. I know a bunch of veterinarians who will actually go ahead and give an apical tablet there and then in the room and tell the owner. I think this is so important. I don't want to wait until you get home or finish your busy day and maybe you've forgotten to give the tablet and your dog's still itching tonight. They give the tablet immediately and tell them my priority today and throughout is to make your dog comfortable. And that's going to give them peace of mind. All right. And then they then they are prepared to listen to the next part, which is, you know, but Mr. Jones, Mrs. Jones, you, you've been in here before. And at the end of the day, we really need to understand why your dog continues to get itch. So the second part of this, the first part is to make sure that they understand that you're going to prioritize making their dog comfortable. That's really important to them. And if you do that, then they prepare to listen to, we need to understand why your dog has itch. And there's a diagnostic process. Most veterinarians will start talking about we need to do cytology and skin scrapings or cultures or eight-week food trials. I don't wanna do any of that. I tell them that what we're gonna do is we're gonna rule out parasites, we'll treat any infections that might be present. We may need to do a food trial. And if at the end of the day, your dog is still itchy, then your dog's got a disease called atopic dermatitis. And I have several options that allow me to customize treatment that's gonna be the best for you and for your dog. How do you feel about that? So that to me is a really high level hey, here's my plan, rule out parasites, treat infections, maybe a food trial, and you know, if the dogs glitchy, I've given them some sense, I've got a plan. Without getting into the weeds, and by also, once again, that open-ended question, how do you feel about that? It allows them to say, it makes sense to me, what do we need to do to rule out parasites? Or, tell me a little bit, if they want to get in the weeds, tell me a little bit more about, you know, what's a food trial? But I think we, we jump in and get in the weeds. So, to me, there's, really keep it simple, going to make your dog comfortable. And here's my high level streamlined approach. And I think you'll find that more people will embrace that and accept the offer for the diagnostic workup and stay with it because they know that there's a a definable plan and that you've promised to keep their dog comfortable throughout. That's the way I go about it. And I'm not giving specifics here, but I think it's, that's, probably where we make a mistake in kind of wanting to jump in with a whole bunch of different things which an owner doesn't understand and it confuses them and they don't have confidence, which means they're not quite sure that they should come back or not. And they're really disappointed if there's still any itch or anything. You know, I, I want them to to see it's very clear and, and that they have
0: trust and confidence. That's great. I really think client communication is so important just so we can set up the expectations so the owner knows it's a long-term problem that we can go step by step and that we provide those options so so important
1: yeah and it's look we couldn't do the, have those conversations 5 years ago i mean I'm, I'm not disregarding the fact that we're in a whole new world now and it's a fantastic place i actually think and i love to share with veterinarians and i especially those who've been around a while you know i think there were a lot of veterinarians maybe the majority who five years ago said, Oh my gosh, looking at the the schedule for the day saying, I've got another four itchy dogs, please. Can I, can I do surgery today or something? And I hope that with things like Apoquil with, with medications like Ciderpoint that they look at, at their schedule and say, four itchy dogs, Hey, bring them on. I have got some really cool stuff that I can be successful. I can provide short and long-term solutions. You know, I, I, I can meet the owner's needs, I can make dogs comfortable, and then I can meet my own need, which is that desire to, you know, understand the underlying disease to find the, the best long-term solution. So I hope it's really changed our attitudes about the approach and how we feel about itchy dogs. Um, I, I think it has, and I, I think it's a really terrific time to be a small animal um, veterinarian. I hope others agree.
0: I will admit if I could do vet school all over again, I would have paid way more attention in dermatology because that's all you see <laughs> in general practice. Yeah, you're right. The next question I wanted to ask you is what is your general thought on topical versus oral antipruritic or injectable therapy for dogs with atopic dermatitis? Yeah, so there may be a need for
1: any or all of those things. I, I think that I, I would just take a step back and say, remember what I said, I'm, I'm looking for an Anchor treatment, okay. That's a single treatment that is highly likely to provide satisfactory control and that is sustainable. When I look at a single treatment, if you look at all the literature, which which of that whole plethora of topicals and orals and injections, everything that we got at our disposal, which one of them do I have a high probability are likely to hold the fort adequately by themselves? And actually, there are very few of them. That would be Apoquil, Cytopoint, Cyclosporin, and allergen immunotherapy, and steroids. The discussion come doesn't I prefer not to have about steroids. I mean, I understand they happen. At the end of the day, sometimes it just ends up there, but that the initial discussion should never include steroids because we can do better than that. And most people actually don't want us to use steroids. Okay, but there's those four things. So it excluded a whole bunch of topical things which restore the barrier and have anti-inflammatories and all the rest, because they probably just by themselves are not going to cut it. So you choose one of those things. And, I, and included in there were injections, Cytopoint and allergen immunotherapy, and there were orals, tablets and capsules in particular. So to me, that then comes to the next part, which is sustainable. All right. And, and that's why it's a discussion with the owner. Some people, they can give tablets for three days and then it's chasing the dog. And some, the dog takes the tablets out of their hand, will do for the next whole year because the dog gets a treat afterwards. For some, the idea of coming into a practice for an injection every five or six weeks is, is just too difficult because of their lifestyle. And for others, it's, wow, I could get an injection and I don't have to do those daily tablets and all those shampoos. Sign me up for that. That sounds wonderful. So, I'm looking for that single injection, provider, a single treatment at least providing satisfactory control and it's sustainable for that individual. And then eventually, and I don't want to discount just in the topicals because there is a role to play for them. And you might find that single treatment that certainly helps. But as you manage that patient over the following months, two years, you recognize that there's some flares or they still got dry skin you know, that's what evaluating the dog and being a clinician is, you know, I'd say, then you layer on some things. Here's, here's a shampoo that helps provide and repairs the, the the barrier dysfunction that's going on and the damage that's there. Those are shampoos with things like phytosphingosine and ceramides, or, or here's a fatty acid supplement, which also helps repair the barrier dysfunction. Or here's a special diet, a skin, derm defense or skin support diet, those sorts of things. But don't lead with all of those things at once. Slowly, you layer those things if you see and as you see necessary over time. So, you know, it's about what can this owner manage? What will this dog allow? And which are the treatments that are really effective in this patient? I hope that provides some clarity to to your question.
0: It does. That's super helpful. Thank you so much. Now, a few last points that I wanted to bring up. If you have pet owners who are hesitant about using some of these injectable medications like Apoquil or Cytopoint, do you mind just briefly telling me client communication wise what your spiel as a veterinary dermatologist is regarding how we should approach it to the pet owner?
1: Yeah, so an injection like Ciderpoint, and they don't understand what that is. And between us as as veterinarians here, you know, if we start going down the path of, oh, it's a monoclonal antibody. And it's, you know, you see those TV ads like Humira, which is an injection. You've got to be real careful because what do you hear when you get that 15-second Humira ad? And Humira is an unbelievable product, of course. It's a monoclonal antibody that targets a a cytokine called TNF-alpha, and it's made an enormous difference in the lives of many people with immune-mediated diseases. But the ad that you hear and that our clients will be familiar with in terms of monoclonal antibodies is three seconds about what it's for and 12 seconds about all the side effects that, that have been reported, et cetera. It'll scare the living daylights out of them. So if I'm talking to them about Cytopoint, what I say to them specifically around Cytopoint is that we've discovered that there are in allergic dogs, they unfortunately have really high levels of one protein that causes and induces itch, okay? It's the major cause in itch in the vast majority of allergic dogs. And this injection actually has antibodies that neutralize just that protein not going to have any other effects on the dog. And that's why it's highly effective because we've neutralized the main inducer of itch in your dog. Plus because we have so targeted and we don't have any adverse effects outside of that, the safety profile is really strong. How do you feel about that? You know, not just leave it at that and and let them come back. I don't think you can get any more in the weeds because they don't understand. You sure as heck don't want to put it to them that, this is kind of the new steroids. They don't want to hear about steroids, and it's certainly totally different to steroids because I, I heard someone say to me, you know, I love point. It's like my depot Medrol of years gone by, and I said, oh, I know what you mean, but I, I just don't like that analogy. And, you know, can we get away from the steroid conversation because that's not where we want to be? But I hope that helps listeners to understand a, a fairly straightforward way of describing what Cytopoint does.
0: That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Dr. Hillier, for taking the time to record today's VetGirl podcast. I know since we see so much atopic dermatitis, whether or not it's in general practice versus the emergency room, it's so important to help our pet owners relieve that itch as part of enhancing the human-animal bond. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Justine. Thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate it.
0: This spectral podcast is sponsored by Zoetis, the makers of treatments including Apoquil and Cytopoint. Do not use Apoquil, Oclacitinib in dogs less than 12 months of age those with serious infections. Apoquil may increase the chances of developing serious infections and may cause existing parasitic skin infections or pre-existing cancers to get worse. Zoetis is dedicated to changing the way we approach canine paritis to protect the bonds that matter most. Visit scienceofstrongerbonds.com for more. Prescribing information for Apoquil is available at Apoquildogs.com.